Waterfall, the CCW podcast. Hello and welcome to Waterfall. It's the water saving podcast from CCW. That's the Consumer Council for Water. We're all about saving water, saving money, protecting the environment and combating climate change. I'm here as ever with my trusty co-host. It's the guru, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello, Mike. Uh, How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Ready for action? I think so. Um, This is going to be a good one, I think. I know. Well, we've we've put producer Tom is here. Hello, Tom. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, listeners. Hey, Denmark. We've put Tom to work because it's uh, a selection of our best of the guests. So we've been crawling over all the material and picking out the very best bits. So we've got a really, really cracking show, actually. The guests have been absolutely brilliant. Now, before we get into that, I need to tell you uh, that you can get in touch with the show. Isn't that right, Karen? It is indeed. And you can do that by emailing podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Well done. I always want to applaud after you've got the the email address right. (laughs) It takes a lot of concentration. (laughs) (laughs) And many takes. There were many takes today. (laughs) There's also an an Instagram account at Waterfall Podcast, if you're into that kind of thing. And you can see pictures of us and various other water saving related stuff on there so that's check us out and say hello and we have been getting some feedback which is great and we love it and I just want to give a big hello to Thomas from Denmark and he's been in touch and he recommended a guest for season two so we have got in touch with his recommendation and hopefully that person will agree to come on the podcast. I don't want to say who it is, just in case they reject us and my delicate ego can't take it. But Thomas, thank you so much for getting in touch. And and we've got exciting chart news, don't, don't we, Tom? We've penetrated a new market, Mike. Denmark is now just just on fire with the podcast. I just love it over there. We got to number, number 11, number 11 in the uh, Denmark Natural Sciences chart, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm putting this down to Thomas and, and and his friends. So thank you, Thomas, again for that. Uh, Karen, I know you spend a lot of time poring over our numbers, you know, and our chart positions. Uh, let, let's be honest, do you care? That pause says it all. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, um, it's not the thing that I wake up in the morning worrying about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fair, fair enough. But, you know, some of us do it for fun. <laughs> anyway, if you do want to get in touch, please do. And suggestions are always welcome uh, on future topics or future guests. And we do love hearing from you. So we've got the best of the guests today. Um, I've been excited about this episode for a long time because we've had so many great guests. Yes, the people that have joined us on season one of Waterfall have shared their different perspectives on why valuing and conserving water is important and shared hints and tips on how you can save water with very little effort. Our first clip and some very timely advice from WaterSafe plumber Steve and director Julie on the importance of knowing where your stop tap is particularly as we've seen so many burst pipes resulting from the recent freezing temperatures being followed by a rapid thaw. This podcast is brought to you by CCW, the voice for water consumers. So what's the advice then from Steve on where the stop tap may be? <laughs> if only people, there, there could be anywhere. Um, usually most common is under the kitchen sink. 
Um, but uh, I've, you know, you can spend longer looking for a stock pop on some properties and actually doing the job. It's some people have no idea, um, and as long we can get over it to a degree, as long as we can shut it off in the road. But yeah, the amount of people that don't know where their stopcock is inside the house, the majority don't. Well, so is that the alternative then? If you can't find your stopcock, go out to the road and then yeah. try and switch it find off. In the road and shut it off in the road. Yeah. And I think and that's I, not, um, you can't reach, you need a proper water key to get down sort of a couple of foot. Exactly. And that's not very, it's not practical. And of course, it's owned by the water companies. So most water companies will be OK with you doing it. But sometimes you'll need to check uh, with the water company that you can operate that uh, to. And that's why I think finding your stop tap when the weather is nice and there's no problems, when you're not under pressure is a much better situation to be in. We had um, uh, an outside WC in like an old shed and one year I came back from being away at Christmas and opened a shed and it was like a massive fountain spurting everywhere. And I, I knew where the stop tap was for the main for the house, but this outbuilding, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I ended up, while it was still spurting out, hacksawing the pipe. Steve's probably going to be crying at this. <laughs> right, I'm sorry, Steve, I apologise. But hacksawed off the pipes. I was just soaking wet at this point in December, Boxing Day, and then put on one of those ends you can just stick on the end of the pipe. And it was just a rubbish workaround. But I didn't know what else to do on Boxing Day. <laughs> was that the wrong thing, Steve? What should I have done? If it's a push, the only thing cutting with a hacksaw, you've got a rough edge there for a push fit fitting. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, I mean, do what you can really in an emergency like that. <laughs> So is this a I told you so type clip? Because you just, you know, at the time of recording, come at the back end of a, a rapid thaw event where many people have suffered from burst pipes. So so really, Karen, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, I, I think it, it's obviously very timely advice. And um, it just goes to show how important it is to check out these things when you're not in an emergency situation. Yeah, I mean, that was the big thing from that, wasn't it? Find your stop tap before you actually need it to find it in anger. Absolutely. It was great to have Steve and Julie on. Um, one of my favourite guests, and I think you can probably guess who this was. I'll give you a clue. He came good with his promise of a spatula, which arrived in the post, which is very exciting, was uh, our very own Steve Grebby. Um, I mean, he's so good as a guest that we've had him on twice. I think that was probably just because we had some sort of booking issue. Uh, <laughs> Tom's accident with his spreadsheet. Um, but it was great to get Steve on. And, when he came on for the first time, it was it was so good to hear him talking so passionately about his favourite topic, which is basically poo uh, and blockages. You know, the whole Prince of Poo did allow us to talk about what was my favourite piece of research that CCW have done in a long, long time, which is about sink sense. So we're going to hear a bit more about that now. We, we talked at a, a show a couple of weeks ago about this research that we did, Sink Sense, where we put cameras uh, at people's kitchen sinks. So we mentioned that in our, in our kitchen show. And don't forget to check out the, 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 the past editions of, of Waterfall. Um, so we put cameras on people's kitchen sinks and they... We got their permission, though, Mike. Yeah, we, we did. did. We did, did ask first and we were very careful about what we captured. Well, we weren't just snooping. And I know, Steve, you've suggested in the past that we do the equivalent of Sink Sense in, in the bathroom. yes. <laughs> it's it, it's been done. The only way, yeah, sink what sink sense exposed is what. And forgive the pun, uh, <laughs> is that or not exposed? Because we're very careful. Um, what they exposed was what people think they do and what they actually do. 
might be two different things. Now, you, you, we asked the, the people in who participated in Sync Sense, you know, how they dealt with fat soils and grease. And one of the guys said, you know, I'm very careful with fat soils and grease. You know, I'll leave it to cool and I'll scrape it into the bin. And actually, we had him on camera literally pouring the fat off a chicken. Oh, is this chicken man? Straight as the chicken blow. And, and bless him, uh, you know, for all his embarrassment, he still let us use the footage. He was still happy for us to use the footage because he was shocked as well. So, um, yeah, what people think they do and what they actually do in practice might be two different things because, you know, when it comes to cooking, you might cut corners and be a bit lazy and not, you know, leave it to cool for a bit and scrape it in the bin. You just want rid of it there because you're trying to clean your kitchen. So it takes a bit of thought and it takes a bit of time to sort of train your brain. But, you know, it's a bit like turning off the tap when you're brushing your teeth you know i think most people have got that now most people turn the tap off or if they leave the tap running you get that little thing in your head i've left the tap running i think the same can be true of the 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 behaviors we have in the kitchen so this is the point you were making earlier actually about habits and we this is the point that we make and work for quite a lot it's about trying to change habits it's not about it's not about making big sacrifices just try to do that retraining for for habits past year we've had a major drought across many parts. A guest that really stood out for me was Alistair from Cywem who explained the relationship between our use of water at home and the natural environment and why remembering that link is really important. Now just before we play this clip Karen I have to I have to just chip in here with something because did do you listen to our episodes? I mean it was quite clear in this episode Alistair said he was called Al. <laughs> so you know so, uh, Al, and it, I think this clip is my favourite. This is a bit Chuckle Brothers, this clip, because I think I attribute something to Alistair, and then he tries to attribute it to someone else. It's a bit to me, to you, to me, to you. <laughs> but there's some great advice in there. Water companies get given a licence to take water out of the environment, and it has those licences, they will let companies take a certain amount out and leave a certain amount back for the natural environment so that the, those fish, they, they have enough. That's really important. The problem with that is, is under drought conditions, water companies can apply to vary those licenses so they can take more out. And obviously under drought conditions, that's when the natural environment is also under most pressure. Um, so it, public water supply, abstraction for public water supply, is kind of sacrosanct that it, water companies have a, a duty legal duty to ensure a wholesome supply of, of water to their customers, however that comes, you know, even if they have to tanker it in. Um, the environment under those kind of conditions does come second. And so depending on how bad a drought gets, then yes, it, it may be that um, by and large it's public water supply um, that is having a, a really big impact. But you know, the rate of evaporation out of water resources and from the soil and uh, um, so on, that that will dramatically increase when you get these really, really hot um, spells or record dry spells, you know, super dry over a couple of months in the summer. And so it's, it is a combination of lots of different factors. Unfortunately, the point where we need the water the most, that's when the environment needs the water the most. And the, the more spare water we can kind of try and trap in the natural environment in things like soils the more buffer there is before we get to those you know harrowing points 
So a really good rule to live by is that you can't have too many mics on the podcast. True or false? Microphones, mic keels, all the mics, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm not sure if Karen's convinced about that at all. But yeah, that, that, was, um, that was one of my favourite episodes, actually, when we had Mike from the Met Office coming on to talk about the weather and the weather we've been experiencing in this past year, which has been so interesting and, 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 and actually just it, it's been so exceptional. So it was great to get Mike on to explain that and to put it into context and particularly answer that question about what's driving it. So one yeah. question that, 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 that I think um, everyone wants to ask is, you know, is what we've seen this year driven by climate change, these extremes, particularly extremes in temperature, is it climate change? Can you say that? Well, look, so so we said I work in NCSE, National Climate Information Centre. So we, we look at the observations fundamentally. So we're not here thinking about models, what's happening in the future. We're, we're talking about what's happening now. What What can we see already in our observations? And we can already see that our climate uh, is changing. The UK's climate is changing. Climate change is happening now. So how do we see that? If we look at the latest decade, um, it, it's been one degree warmer uh, than 1961, 1990. So we've had about a degree of warming for the UK. And that's broadly consistent uh, with uh, what we've seen globally. Uh, uh, as, as we know, CO2 uh, levels uh, and other greenhouse gases are rising uh, in the atmosphere. Uh, um, CO2 went through 400 parts per million relatively recently. Uh, that's the highest level for, you know, these are really scary numbers for 800,000 years. Um, and, and this is a, a major, major crisis, really. Um, but what, what we are seeing in the UK is consistent with what we are seeing globally in terms of warming. But of course, the other thing is, as the climate warms, it also tends to get wetter. So that is because basically um, a, a warmer atmosphere has the capability to hold more moisture at roughly 7% uh, per degree. So the most recent decade, for example, for the UK, uh, has been uh, 10% wetter uh, than 1961 uh, to 1990. It wasn't just the drought getting people hot under the collar this year. The cost of living crisis is affecting everyone and making many households nervous about juggling all their household bills. We were joined by Andy White, who talked to us about the help that's available from water companies and the support that they're able to give their customers that are going through tough times. Be sure to head back through the archives and check out all the past episodes of Waterfall. What can water companies do to kind of make themselves more approachable? They do need to kind of change that relationship that they've got with customers. They need to be able to see them as, as more approachable. And that comes from the interactions they have with them. And I think it is that first step sometimes that it takes for someone to reach out for help. And if they're there to give that help immediately without question, without judgment, then that can really change that relationship going forward um, for a lifetime, potentially for that person. And they'll see their water company as someone there that can help them through those difficult periods rather than someone that is going to be on their back. And well, they've seen them as a friend them. rather than a fool, Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. So it's a real opportunity for, for water companies to change the way they're perceived. Because I'm just thinking about, you, you want to break down those barriers for that initial contact. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're really urging people, I mean, clearly to get in touch, but also water companies to present their friendliest face as well. Yeah. Um, so 
I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because you've given us a whole whole host of brilliant hints and tips. And we will we will cram the show notes with all of these, right? So people can see where where, where to go. Um, but what would you say is the kind of one main message for people? If someone's only half listening to this, they're doing the ironing or having a cup of tea, uh, what would be the one thing you would do you want people to do? I think it's just to understand that through our lifetimes, our financial circumstances can all change and there may always be, you know, there may be that time in all our lives where we need a little bit of extra help. So they shouldn't feel awkward about that. They should reach out and take that that help that is available. And if people know anyone that is in that situation, please encourage them to, to get that help. It really is what they're entitled to. So give your friends a nudge. Absolutely. You yeah, that, that, you know, that's, that's fantastic advice. This is a really important clip for everyone because, you know, so many people are struggling right now. And it was great to get another one of our own, Andy White, in to talk about this stuff. And he knows all this stuff inside out. And there was tons of great advice in that episode. Really was. And it just it just emphasised how important it is not to suffer in silence and to make sure that people do come forward to seek that help. Yeah, there's help out there. It's got your name in it. Step forward and claim it. I really love the podcast episodes, but it's just us, the trio. Uh, Karen, you feel differently. You like it when we get the guests on. But, oh. you know, I I don't like that lack of control, being a control freak. <laughs> I think you quite like the chaos of it and the fact that it heats off you. I think the more, the merrier. <laughs> but, I've, I mean, I have enjoyed getting, getting the guests on. And the sort of maximum chaos is caused when we get more than one guest on. And a really, it was a really... Lovely episode when Nathan and Steph joined us for Waterwise. I, mean, I absolutely loved that episode, mainly because, well, one, they completely vindicated my obsession with Leaky Loos, but also they were just so passionate about war saving and everything associated with it that they completely outgurued you as the top <laughs> gurus. I mean, how do you feel? Um, I, I was more than happy for them to, 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 to show the way. <laughs> I mean, it was hard to pick our favourite clip from this episode because there was so much good stuff in there that just makes me smile. Waterwise, you must have tips coming out of your ears. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like obsessed with toilets. Uh, me strangely. too, Nathan. I'm with you. Don't get him on the subject of And I think, um, you know, it's such a waste. It's such a waste. So, Leaky Lou which you might have covered, I think, before on this programme, but, um, yeah, it's one in eight dual flush loos is leaking, and it's hundreds of litres a day. It's like having another couple of, like, in-laws coming to stay in your house uh, and moving in with you in terms of water use. So, you know, it it's basically comes down to some really simple design solutions that can that can eradicate that problem. Um, so, we, you know, that's what we want to see on that side of things. So in terms of a tip for the ho- for households, Check and see if you've got a leaky loo, you know, put a bit of paper on the back of the pan um, after you've flushed it and then leave it and see if it sort of washes away. The other one would be dual flush buttons. You know, do you know which button does does what on your <laughs> toilets in your house? Now, we've looked at loads of different designs and for some of them, it's literally 50-50 whether you get the right button, whether people know which one to press. Now, again, that's like a design thing. It's a simple solution, really, that, that should be out there. Um, the buttons should be really obvious, um, 
but if you don't know which one is which you can you can sort of do it yourself and just see how long it takes to refill the system um, and that will give you an idea of which one is the low, low flush and which one's a high flush so those would be my uh, my toilet wasting water wasting tips <laughs> Um, and mine would probably be more around the showers. Um, so the one I love is obviously <laughs> is to shower with a bucket. Um, I know that that one's probably a bit obscure and some people may not want to shower with a bucket. Um, but if you did, then you could use that water to obviously flush your toilet or um, use on your non-edible plants. And if you don't want to use a bucket, then just having a shorter shower um, instead of the 10 minutes or you know 20 minutes try and get it down to four and something we like to do at waterwise is use um we have a waterwise playlist uh, on spotify other obviously um ones are available but yeah to try and pick a song around three to four minutes and see if you can uh shower for that length shorter showers is something we absolutely love and we love the playlists we've got our own top top playlists uh at ccw on this as well We, or, or should I say Mike, also put some of our guests on the spot. How dare you? One such occasion <laughs> being when Evan joined us to talk about how businesses use water. So Evan, can we do a little quiz on you now? Uh, uh, you can try. Hopefully I don't fail in front of, uh, in front of all the fans, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm only doing this because I, asked, I was going to ask Karen a question. I was convinced she knew the answer, which she did. So I asked Tom, and then he completely fluked it, right? Which I suspect there was some cheating going on. So I'm going to ask you, was, out of all the water, the, the public water supply, what percentage is used by business customers? Um, yes, um, thank you for asking that question, Mike, which I'm just going to get off the top of my head, but I'm going to say 30%. Oh, look at that! It's not Fine. in my notes at all. It's not in your notes. No, 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 no. Am I right? Yeah, I'm yeah, right. yeah. that's I'm a hat trick. Everyone in the room knew this, apart from what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be told three times. Yeah. But, but awesome. I'm amazed at this, that you all got, you all got this. So businesses use a lot of water. We've heard many times in, in this podcast about the need to reduce water demand and we've mainly been focusing on what people can do in their own lives, in their own homes. But how important is the role in business in, in reducing demand? Um, it's, it's very important, Mike. Um, the non-household water usage is very skewed. A, a small percentage of business customers actually use a very large proportion of water, meaning a small number of very top-consuming consumers, business consumers, could do a whole lot to save a lot of water. In fact, the uh, top-consuming 32,000 supply points use 60% of the water in the non-household market and 18% overall. So a few businesses can make a big difference. Um, and you've probably seen factoids as well that tell you how much water it actually takes to make certain products, agriculture or, or manufacturing, thousands and thousands of, of litres of water for one kilogram of product produced. So, yeah, you can make a huge, uh, huge difference. So what you're saying is a few businesses use a lot of water. A few businesses do use a lot of water, and uh, I suppose at the other end, it's worth um, reminding listeners that a lot of businesses use a little bit of water, and a lot of businesses are very much using water the same way households do. Um, you know, I th I'm not sure the exact figure, but um, I think you know around 98, 99% of businesses are small businesses, and they use water in their kitchens and flush toilets, so very much the domestic type usage. Well, I think we've covered all the guests now. Um, that's probably the end of the episode, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Someone's looking a bit mopey. <laughs> Tom's looking a bit mopey-faced, like a sad zoo lion. Why is that, Tom? 
Oh, I know why it is, because you keep going on and on and on about the time you were a guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are, but you, producer Tom was actually fantastic when he, uh, he revealed himself. <laughs> Excuse me, that sounds wrong. He revealed himself <laughs> as a top and knowledgeable guest when he joined CCW's chief exec, Emma Clancy, by the banks of the River Thames to explain the Walking With War initiative uh, that, that, that you're leading. So, Tom, I mean, do you want to introduce yourself? Because this was a cracking episode. Yeah, this is very four-four breaking. This is very metatextual. But yes, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was lucky enough to actually grace the pod with Mike and Emma in my personal waterfall favourite episode, I must say. I just think the vibe... Uh, the noise, the fact that we almost got ran down by a by a bicycle, you know, there's just so much going on. I think on. it was a scooter. It was, it was a, scooter. a scooter, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm still traumatised. I still can't remember it quite clearly. It, it was going at about 70 miles yeah. an hour on a no, path. It's... I mean, it, it, it was quite hairy. It was. Uh, but but yes, so here here is myself speaking about walking with water. So how do people get involved? You've just name-checked some mm. material, website you can go on. Yeah. But, you know, how can you get stuck into this initiative? Uh, well, yeah, again, just, you know, the webpage is the first thing, really. You can just get on there. You can find a local walk nearby. And if you don't know of any nearby, you can go onto the Canal River Trust. And then we encourage people, when they do head out there, to go onto the website, stick on the website, and download an activity booklet as well that they can take out. Maybe there'll be one at a visitor centre. And this is an ongoing project, so we are encouraging people to take photos when they're out there, to, you know, save their stories to send them in to us we're putting them on the website as well it's just an initiative essentially just encouraging people to make that link between the water running by their feet and the water running out their tap so we could take a picture of us three uh-huh. i hope we Trace. will yeah 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 you can upload it to this yeah. website you can you can email it into us and then we'll pop it on the website yeah What's the future hold then? So you've launched this initiative. Is this something that's going to keep going or is it just a one-off? Tell me about that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's evergreen, really. And obviously, we, we can adapt into different seasons. You know, ultimately, it's encouraging people to walk by water. You can do that in summer, you can do that in winter, anywhere. But we're just trying to put our... You know, we're just trying to encourage people, trying to put our stamp on this as well, trying to make it clear to people that this is obviously, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just encouraging you to walk by water to embrace nature. But, um, but yeah, in the future, you know, we're looking to update the activity booklet come different seasons. We're looking to expand into schools as well. We should hopefully have a piece with ITV Wales shortly, media-wise. And, um, you know, I, I must say that in the... Um, and the first month or so that it's been out, you know, it's been received really well. And um, people are going onto the website every day, downloading the booklets. It's hard to know, Mike. It's like a baby we've put out in the world. And it's like, you know, how many people are going out on these walking with water inventions? I don't quite know. But what's important to me is that it's being engaged with. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep going with it. There's no necessarily a timeline on it, I should say. It was a bit of an experimental one for us, a bit of a gamble, but it paid off, I think. It was. Now, Karen, I know you didn't join us, though. (laughs) No, no, they don't let me out very often. (laughs) But, yeah, we've had a a really, really good set of guests, and it's been a pleasure having people on on Waterfall. And we'll be welcoming many more guests in Season 2 of Waterfall. So remember, whatever the weather, it's important that we all value water and use it wisely. By doing so, you can not only save water, but energy and money too. You'll also be doing a bit for the environment. 
If we all make some small changes, it will make a big difference. And there's you know, some really good themes in there that have come out from what we've heard from the guests and just what's come out from the whole of the first series of Waterfall. Yeah, it's not difficult to save water, save money, protect the environment, combat climate change. It's just not difficult. You don't have to make big sacrifices. And if everyone pulls together, it, it can make that big difference. So, uh, you know, we've been really excited by, by particularly having the guests on. Well, to be honest, I, I, producer Tom's really the star of the show. So, uh, you know, we've been, we've been very impressed with Tom's, Tom's performance over the first series. But we're already planning on a very exciting season two. And we already have some really great guests lined up. So keep watching out for that. Um, and don't forget, in the meantime, you can see what we're up to on our on Instagram. That's Waterfall Podcast. Or you can just email us. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear at our email address, which Karen is going to just reel off with no pauses or hesitation. <laughs> it's podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Ah, fabulous. Right. Well, that's it. That's all we've got time for. I hope you enjoyed the, our, our best of the guests. The guests were fantastic. Thanks to the guests and thank you for listening. And we will see you very soon for season two of Waterfall. So it's bye-bye from me, Mike. And goodbye from me, Karen. Oh, don't forget Tom. Oh, I actually get a goodbye on this one. Well, goodbye everyone as well. And thanks to everyone for listening. We've done 18 episodes so far of Waterfall. That's more than eight hours of stuff there. So is this the rule of podcast? You get to episode 20 and the producer is now allowed to say goodbye. <laughs> Pretty if much. Listen, yeah, I think that's what happened to... Uh... <laughs> if you listen carefully to the first 19 episodes, you see that I pause every time for you to say goodbye, but you really shun our listeners. Right, right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, to, especially to our Danish listeners. I mean no offence. Well, I think particularly Thomas. Uh, and, and don't forget Sabine in Germany. Of course. <laughs> she, she needs uh, a shout-out too. Right, yeah. uh, our favourite listeners, right? Clearly. <laughs>